Welcome to Motherhood Unstressed, a podcast for anyone who wants to let go of stress and anxiety, take their power back, and learn how to create a truly beautiful life. Each week, I'm speaking with amazing individuals who are experts in the field of entrepreneurship, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, sex, and so much more. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. I'm a mom, a blogger, and a certified health coach. I'm obsessed with personal growth and change, and I've helped women all around the world regain alignment with what they truly value in life and remove the blocks preventing them from living their life to the fullest. If you're ready to stop living a half-life and move fully into your power, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey guys, if you are listening to this episode on the day of its release, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, Everyone in my house is still asleep right now, so I thought it would be the perfect time to come downstairs and knock out an awesome podcast. And this is an episode which I've been dying to share with you. I'm speaking with Brandon. He's the host of the Mad Scientist podcast, and he's a member of the FIRE community, and that stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. So this episode is going to be all about financials and what you can do to move towards financial independence. And even if you're listening to this right now, you're swimming in debt, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't imagine retiring early and having financial freedom, he's going to shed some light on the things that you can do to get there and little movements that you can make. And, you know, once you hear it and you see how manageable it actually can be, um, I think it's going to be really motivating and really inspiring for you. And then aside from the strategic things that you can do, we also talk about why you would want to do that. And it's not just about having a lot of money. It's about having the freedom to pursue work that fills you up and you're still working, you're still creating, you're still doing something, even if you've retired. And that's the point, you know, you've gotten to this place where you can really do whatever you want to do. And that truly is freedom. And so to give yourself that gift and to give your family the gift of you and the gift of time, I think is something that we can all get on board with. So without further ado, here's my episode with Brandon. And this episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD Supplements. And I was having an interesting conversation the other day with someone and I said, you know, I honestly probably wouldn't have tried CBD, at least in this early stage, if a company hadn't sent me some to try and promote for them on my Instagram. And it was that experience. It was me taking that CBD and realizing, holy cow, this stuff really works. My anxiety has gone to basement levels. I'm able to function and be focused and create and do all the things I want to do without that pit in my stomach, without, you know, jitters, basically. Um, It was really a revolutionary moment. And that's when I knew that I wanted to get on board with CBD and create my own line. And so that's what I did. And that's what I'm offering to you. And if you are hesitant about trying CBD, I completely understand. Um, And so I just encourage you to, again, do your research and listen to stories of others who have tried it and you know, their results, um, because there are a ton of studies out there, but there need to be more. I think there needs to be more data um, until everyone can get on board and realize the truth, which is CBD is just so amazing for stress, anxiety, pain, and inflammation, sleep, the list goes on. Um, but it really took me getting a bottle for free to try it, to realize that. And I'm so glad that that happened because now I'm helping so many people all over the country Um, with these issues and I would love for you to try it and gift it to a friend and get through the holidays without feeling stressed and get through your life without feeling so stressed and so anxious because stress and anxiety is a part of life 
but it doesn't have to be debilitating. It doesn't have to make you have a miserable day. There are things you can do. So if you head on over to motherhoodunstressed.com, you can use the code LAUNCH to save 10%. Well, hey, Brandon, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm so excited to dive into our topic today of financial independence and how we can all move ourselves towards that goal. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. This is exciting to be here. Absolutely. So, you know, before we get started, um, you're obviously well known in the financial indisp- independence, um, also known as FI space, but for our audience of mostly mothers and some non-mothers. Why don't you give us some context about you and the events in your life that led you to studying and seeking financial independence for yourself? Because honestly, like it's not really a common goal for a lot of 20-something year olds. So why don't you kind of walk us through your life story leading up to that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, graduated in 2004 uh, with a degree in computer science and I started my career as a computer programmer and actually, I did enjoy it. It was it was going well. Um, I loved the work that I did. I wasn't <laughs> too good with uh, bosses and uh, you know authority and things like that. But it, it, I was able to get by fine and you know get promotions and have a successful career. Um, but I always just felt like I wanted to do something on my own. So actually my motivation at the beginning was always like sort of entrepreneurship, but I was always too much of a wuss to just be a proper entrepreneur. So um, when I discovered the idea of financial independence, which was probably in about 2011, um, I realized, whoa, I could just save up a bunch of money, have enough money that I never have to work again. And then I can, you know, do all these business ideas that I had and, you know, I could live the exact life that I want to live. And that was a huge realization for me because um, my whole life I've been really into money and really good with money. So I was always quite frugal and I always wanted to have a portfolio to manage and all these sort of things. Um, but I never really had a goal for my money. But when I realized, hey, I could actually buy my freedom, that was just an uh, insane realization. And that just put me into overdrive, really. Man, I mean, I think... Yeah. Tell us about that moment where you realize that, well, I could actually do this too. Like this isn't some Warren Buffett far off thing. Like I can actually, no matter, you know, where I am in life, put steps forward to this goal. Like what was that moment? Like, was it an article that you read? Was it a book that you read? Like how, how did that even come into your mental space? Yeah, it was. So I, uh, probably in about 2010, I stumbled on a site called getrichslowly.org. And at the time I didn't really realize what a blog was. I didn't, I never read any blogs. I didn't really understand what the whole concept was, but I stumbled upon this blog and I was like, Whoa, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Like I'm in no rush. I don't want to do some scammy thing to try to get rich. Cause Mm -hmm. like, like I said, I, I really had no reason to get rich um, since I didn't really like fancy things and spending a lot of money. Um, it wasn't ever like, oh, I want a fancy car, so I want to get rich. It was more, I, I want to have money to manage and invest and do all that fun stuff that I'd always wanted to do when I was growing up. And uh, so, yeah, so I stumbled upon this website called Get Rich Slowly. And it was just a guy named JD and he was just documenting his journey. Like he was really bad with money to begin with, but then he was getting better at it and just trying to figure everything out. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So I, I read him for about a year and then... Uh, sometime in 2011, he had wrote a book review for a book called Early Retirement Extreme. And that was uh, written by a guy named Jacob Lund Fisker. 
And that is the, that is the realization that was when the light bulb went off. Cause he talked in that article about having a certain amount of net worth and then drawing down from that net worth 4% every year. And that was able to sustain his spending. So he's like, well, I never have to work again. And um, he's, he's a quite extreme a case. He was, I think at the time only living on 7,000 a year. So his net worth didn't have to be that high to sustain that amount of spending. But I wasn't really concerned with that. It wasn't like a, I thought I needed to have really low spending. It was just that math, that 4% um, withdrawal rate math that just blew my mind. And I was like, Oh, like, yeah, if we just spend uh, it with like 4% withdrawal rates, works out to be in like 25 times your annual spending. Mm-hmm. So say you, um, say you spend, uh, you know, $10,000 a year, then times that by 25 and your net worth would have to be $250,000, which is the, you know, the 4% withdrawal rate. So that math was just incredible and it just completely changed everything. So for not having any sort of goal other than to be wealthy that finally put like a concrete goal, like something to achieve, like a number. And that was just uh, very influential in my life. That's amazing. So for our audience, you know, they might right now be swimming in debt or nowhere near like living paycheck to paycheck, essentially, which most people are in America. Um, What are some steps that they can take starting today to move towards financial independence and create a more, even if it's just more of a cushion, what can they start doing today? Sure. Really, the first step is probably analyzing your spending. Um, Sadly, it seems like a lot of Americans, especially, um, spend on things that really don't add that much to their happiness. And, um, and that seems like a shame. So like I went, I went way too far in the opposite direction when I decided that I wanted to achieve financial independence. Like I cut out everything and that was, that wasn't good either because Mm -hmm. I was already pretty efficient with my spending. Um, and then I just went way off the deep end because I just was so excited about hitting financial independence. Um, but I think most Americans who are paycheck to paycheck are probably on the other end of the spectrum where they are spending everything. Sometimes they don't even know where the money's going. Maybe it's just like um, subscriptions that you forgot about and, uh, or you're paying for past purchases, which that's what debt really is. It's like uh, past you screwing over present you pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of money's going to that. And so I think the first step would probably be just to, just say, all right, this month I'm going to track everything. And yeah, it won't be too fun to do that. Uh, there's tools to help you do that. Um, obviously there's some software to help you do that if you want, but even if you just do it manually with a piece of paper and just keep track of everything that you're spending, uh, in a single month and see where your money's going, because I would imagine there's lots of room for optimization and maybe, maybe the old you thought like fancy cars were really great, but now the new you realizes that, you know, once you have a car for three months, it just feels like a car and it's your car and it doesn't really matter how fancy it is. So maybe then you can start making some decisions and changes to lower your spending while hopefully still maintaining or increasing your happiness. Cause that's exactly what I found. Like as I cut out things, I actually got happier cause it was like less stuff to worry about, less stuff to deal with. And I just felt like, all of my money was going towards things that made me happy. And, and since I was cutting back on stuff that didn't, I felt like I could spend more on the things that made me happy. But I also sort of realized that spending more on those things wasn't necessary because it was like a good level I was at. So like a a good example of this is, um, 
uh, I ended up working a year longer than I'd expected to actually two years longer. And during that second year, I just decided to go crazy. I was like, all right, just spend without worrying about it. Cause my whole life I've been really frugal and good with money. And I was like, let's just see what happens if I go crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really go that crazy cause all the big things were like already pretty optimized. And yeah, we went out to eat more and we traveled more. And what we found was that we didn't actually like eating out that much because it became less special. It wasn't as something we looked forward to and enjoyed. It was just like, uh, let's, we're just eating out again. It wasn't as healthy, obviously, because it wasn't as healthy as cooking. And uh, the same with travel. It's like we traveled for three months and we we're like, whoa, that was way too long. We like having a base. We like getting stuff done and just having a normal routine. And those were great realizations because now it's like, okay, yeah, we only travel maybe a month or two a, a year. And yeah, we eat out maybe once a week or something. And those are we don't feel like we're depriving ourselves anymore because we know that more is not better. And I think that's the case for a lot of things, but at least in America, it seems like everybody's just like more, more, every more is definitely better. It's always better. And, and that's why there's such a, you know, a debt issue and a paycheck to paycheck issue and, um, and a lot of unhappiness and, and uh, dissatisfaction with life, I think. Oh, I think you're absolutely right. And and there's this sense, I feel like, that everyone's just trying to keep up with the Joneses and do, you know, what they perceive everyone else is doing. And, you know, I've had some other financial experts on the show and they, they said, like each one of them said, like, you would not believe the amount of debt that most people are living with and nobody talks about it and nobody, you know, wants to reveal that to their neighbors because there's so much shame surrounding it. But she's like, one of them said, even like the richest people, my richest clients have just an exorbitant amount of debt that they're dealing with. And and it's just reality, you know? And right. so I think you're right. I think when you really do start to prioritize what and, and ask yourself what really makes me happy, then is when you can really start to optimize your energy and your money. And, and yeah, you're right. Like life starts to get clearer and better, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you mentioned keeping up with the Joneses and the problem these days is that, you know, maybe in the fifties, you just saw your neighbor get a new Pontiac or something. And that made you want a new Pontiac, but now the internet's there and you're seeing what the Kardashians are buying and you're seeing what all your friends, like the highlight reel from their lives. And so your comparison to these Joneses is even more bombarding your brain. And there's so much more of it. And you're seeing like even more of the highlight reel rather than you would have like back in the fifties when, like I said, you'd maybe see a new Pontiac in the driveway. Um, so I think that's probably fueling a lot of this as well. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So I love that you said, you know, that you actually had to go out and eat more and spend more to realize that that wasn't really making you happy because I think that that's a really great thing. I mean, it's kind of like if you're on a new diet, you know, and you're getting really extreme and then you go all out and you like have burgers and and desserts and you just feel like shit, you know? And then it's like, well, okay, I needed to feel that in my body to realize that's not really where I want to go. So I'm glad that you said that too, so that our listeners aren't like, well, I can't cut everything back. You know, I don't, you know, it's, it's a balance process. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. And, and, and you don't, that's something I've realized over this whole journey is like, you really, it's so hard to figure out what you actually want and what makes you happy. Um, and it is, it's just a lot of experimentation really. And just trying things out, like the thing that you think you can't live with, try not living with it for a month and see how it goes. And, and yeah, it's, it's just amazing how, bad we are at predicting what will make us happier. And really the only way to find out is to just test things out. Absolutely. 
And I was reading, like we were talking before, I was on your website yesterday and I was reading um, part of your blog that was talking about, you know, how you were totally on board with, you know, reaching financial independence and your wife wasn't really there yet because she liked her job and she liked, you know, going out to eat and things like that. Talk to us about that conversation that you had with her where you finally kind of sat down and talked about, you know, what your ideal life would be like. Sure. Yeah. So my wife and I, we met when I was a junior in college. So that would have been 2002. So we've been together a long time. We dated for over 10 years before we got married. Um, so, and, and she's Scottish. And uh, so some of the time she was living in Scotland, I was living in America. So we've always had separate finances. So then after 10 years of dating and you know living together for a lot of that time, we just continued having separate finances uh, after marriage. And that just works for us. And I'm so thankful that we did because like I said, when I got really into like maximizing my money as much as possible to, to hit FI as quickly as possible, um, I think that would have caused a lot of uh, arguments. But since we each always have our own pot of money, so we just have our own separate accounts and we each contribute an equal amount, equal amount to the joint account every month, um, that's just always worked for us. So we kept that up. So yeah, so when I came home and said, look, you know, look at this guy, early retirement extreme, you know, this math says, you know, I could just save up for a few years and we could potentially retire. And she's like, I love my job. Why would I want to live on 7,000 a year? So she, she latched onto that 7,000 a year number that he was talking about in his article. She's like, why would I want to do that? Like, I love my job. I plan on keeping, I'm going to keep working. Um, so why would I ever want to do that? And yeah, she just was not into it at all. And, but luckily I, it, it was okay. I was like, I go, well, that's, yeah, you, you love your job. So that makes sense for you. Um, and I'll just save all my money and you can do whatever you want with your money. And then we'll just keep contributing to the joint account equally. And that worked great. Um, so yeah, this went on for years and it was only, uh, we sat down and, I had just asked her cause I was like trying to th- sort of think of what my life was going to look like after I hit financial independence. And I was like, Jill, what do you th- like, what, what is your perfect life? Like, what do you, what could we do to make our lives as happy and fulfilling as possible? Um, and we, it was such a hard exercise. Like, <laughs> um, like I had been thinking about it for a while. So it was a little bit easier. Like I knew some of the directions that I wanted to go in and some of my thoughts, but to, to just give her that, she said that like, it was like, what are you talking about? Like who, who, who says that? Who, who does that? Like I just work, I'm just, I'm working and I'm doing everything that everybody else is doing. What do you mean? Perfect life. Um, and it took a long, a lot of discussions and it was just like trying to think of, um, you know, what would make us happiest. And it was like a, it was at least, you know, a a week long thing of just us talking about a lot. And we eventually just boiled down to, you know, family and friends and then like um, obviously spending time in Scotland and the U S and things like that. Um, But it was that exercise that made her come on board with the whole financial independence thing, because she's like, Oh wait, so yeah, I can keep working if I want to, but I don't have to work full time. And that means if I don't work full time, I can then see my friends and family more. I can spend more time in Scotland and we can spend more time in America. And it was like, since I took the money out of the equation completely, it was more her seeing the freedom that, you know, having a bunch of money in the bank would give us. And that was what 
changed everything for for her and uh yeah i brought her on board with everything which was which was not in not the intention of that exercise but it was a an amazing side effect of it absolutely and i think that that's so crucial you know it's like finding your why for anything um is such a key thing to do and so to put it in that kind of framework i think was really smart and i think is something that everyone listening should do you know even if again like you are completely happy doing what you're doing like like what would make us all happy, you know? And that's the kind of a big driver of the show too. It's like, like actively creating your own beautiful life. And to ask that question, I think you're right. So many people don't ask that question. You know, they have no idea. They're just completely on autopilot, you know, trudging through, taking care of kids, doing what they need to do. And it's like, well, wait a second. Like what would a more perfect life look like to me? You know, for me, I know like travel absolutely would be number one, friends and family um, and all of that. And so yeah, I, I love that you posed that question. And I love that, you know, you're putting that out there now because for people not to ask themselves that question, I think they're not doing themselves a service, you know? Why are we I agree. Here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you have to keep asking yourself that too, because like looking, like it's fun to have a blog where I'm like putting all this stuff out there because I can look back on it myself. So that post was written, I think in 2013 or something. So looking back on that now, it's amazing how much different our perfect life the, yeah. our, the thought, the, the perfect life that we think we want is now compared to that. And again, that was just from trying it out. Like, yeah, we thought we wanted to travel for three months and then we did it and we realized, Hey, that's way too long. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a month's enough. And we thought we were going to spend three months, uh, just like visiting friends and family in the States. And that was too long too. We're like, Hey, you know what, we can do it in a month. And then we're not as, we're not like, um, you know, bothering people as much or, you know, it's, it's not as stressful trying to get around and seeing everybody and just take it slower and, um, just do more of those trips rather than like a big three month trip and just completely disrupt all of our routines. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. I think it's a definitely a useful exercise for anyone to do once, but it's even more beneficial if you just keep trying to revisit it and trying to change it and experiment and tweak because like I said, we're so bad at knowing what we actually want and what will make us happy and fulfilled that the only way to, to find out is to try it. Absolutely. So you did mention kind of routines a little bit, and I have to ask you about that because anytime I'm talking to like super successful people, I'm always really curious about their routines and what they do. So can you take us through your morning routine and how you prime yourself for an awesome day? Yeah, I, I don't have a morning routine. I, um, the only things that I really like to do in the morning are drink a cup of tea and then drink some coffee. Um, mm-hmm. and I love making the coffee. I love everything about that. Um, yeah, it, it, it that's something I'm also working on. Cause like, um, a lot of my happiness I've realized comes from like being productive and making progress on projects that I want to work on. And, I think that was a lot of my unhappiness during my career because not that I had a bad job. I really I had a great job. It was challenging. I had good colleagues, coworkers, everything. It was good. I think it was just the fact that I wasn't like making progress on projects that I thought were even more important than that. So um, the the thing about financial independence though is like, yeah, you, you, that you, relu- you remove the money and the time suck from the equation because you don't have to work, Mm -hmm. but you still are stuck with the motivation and the uh, discipline and actually doing the work yourself. So you remove all the excuses. So then it's down to you. So there's really no excuse and you just have to get to work. So I'm still trying to find that balance of, you know, working on the important things I want to work on 
um, and not getting sucked into, you know, those sort of tasks that make you feel productive, but you're really just procrastinating. Mm -hmm. So that's still something maybe, maybe I do need a morning routine, but right now it's just like, I get up, um, I, I still check my email first thing, which is what I'm trying to get away from, but I'm getting better at it because I check it and then I flag everything I need to deal with. And then I close it down until after 5 PM. So that that's been working because it gives me that dopamine hit that I'm looking for first thing in the morning to like, see what all the new stuff that's come in and see if there's anything cool. Uh, but then I don't deal with it and then I can focus on like the more important projects. So yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a good morning routine <laughs> at all. <laughs> no, every that's day. totally cool. Okay. <laughs> any, any recommendations? Well, for me, like personally, I, I love to get up, hydrate, do a little meditation, some journaling, um, you know, maybe some gentle stretching like yoga. And then of course, coffee, like coffee is my ritual <laughs> and love. But yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I'm off and running with kids. But um, that's interesting. I love that you said that because that's the thing I think people too, like don't realize like when you do reach this goal of, you know, financial independence or, you know, if you're just an entrepreneur or working for yourself, like you really do have to figure out how to structure your day and how to stay productive and not, you know, kind of get lost in that in that time because that is your time and so it's like okay now well now what do I do with this you know again what makes me happy what am I going to do that's going to make me feel like I'm living a purposeful life you know right exactly and, and like part of me thinks like I should relax more and like enjoy it and just like not be too stressed with myself but I like I said before I think a lot of the happiness I get is from making progress on those things so yeah maybe I could relax a little bit more and not feel like I need to be so productive every day. Like I'm still working or something, but the other part of me is like, well, I think that is what makes me happy. And if I look back on like the last five years, it's been all the stuff that I was able to accomplish, not the leisure time, you know, I'm not looking back on that as fondly like, Oh yeah, that was nice. When I laid on the beach for a while, it was like, <laughs> Oh no, that was, I, I look back fondly on like the things that I've made and created. So yeah, I don't know. It's tough. That's a, that's a, that's a internal conflict I have is like, maybe I should relax a little bit more, but maybe not. So who knows? Um, but I want to talk about your podcast and you know, it's an amazing podcast. I'm completely addicted to it. I learned so much every single episode. Um, but talk to us about the evolution of the blog, which you started, you know, in 2012. 12. Yep. Yeah. That's right. And then and, and the evolution into the podcast. Um, so what was the motivation for the podcast? And, you know, why did you decide to take it from the blog to audio? Both um, were in my mind together when I created uh, Mad Fintus. So and it was all, all selfish. So <laughs> back in, like I said, I stumbled upon this idea back in 2011. And I knew there would be ways to optimize to get there quicker. Um, but I also knew myself well enough to know that I wouldn't really do that like complex and deep dive research into the stuff that I thought I would need to dive into unless there was some sort of external stimulation. So I was like, all right, this is perfect. I'll start a site and the the need to put out a new post every week will make me actually do this research that I know will help me get there quicker. Mm -hmm. um, so that was the idea behind the blog. And then at the same time, I was like, and I can start a podcast at the same time. And then that will let me talk to all these people that have already achieved financial independence and that'll let me ask them everything I want to ask them. <laughs> um, so both, both sides of it were completely selfish because I was like, yeah, this is just helping me get to financial independence quicker. But 
I obviously also thought that it would help others, uh, which is a side bonus, but that wasn't the, the main focus. They both were in mind when I created it. And uh, I just happened to start writing posts first because I was too scared to ask anybody to be on my podcast um, until I had some articles up. So cool. I didn't know that. And I love your candor about that as well. I mean, I think most people are like, oh, I wanted to help everyone and da da da. Like, no, I wanted to learn and, and learn from the best. And, and then, you know, yeah, as a side effect, like everyone else is learning with me. No, I love that. And it's so true because like, I can honestly say I've learned so much um, from your work and it's just so smart. And it feels like it's coming from a really authentic place too, you know? Oh, thank you. No, it's great to hear that. And, and that's the only reason it survived, to be honest, because like, um, if it wasn't like, like people have, asked me like, well, could you write about this certain thing? And it's like, I I have no experience in that. And since I don't, can't use it myself, like I have absolutely no desire to learn about it. And I think that probably comes through in the writing. If I, if I tried to, to write something about, I don't, something I didn't care about, then it's, it's definitely not going to be as well-researched as the other stuff. And you're probably going to get a sense that like, I just really don't care about it. So yeah. So yeah, luckily it, it worked out because, uh, it, yeah, I couldn't have couldn't have done it any other way. It was too much work for too little payoff to mm-hmm. just be slogging through something. So it had to be something that I was super into into and super excited about. And luckily, it was, and it it still is. It's it's still a fascinating topic. And okay. and and yeah, and the the benefit of helping people was just amazing. That I obviously didn't even think of when I started, and that's just incredibly rewarding. Um, so that was a nice surprise. Yeah. So how has the podcast changed from its inception? Is it still pretty much the same or is it, what, what direction has it gone? I feel like you're more reflective in the later episodes. I, I've definitely become more reflective as a person mm-hmm. and obviously I have a new perspective of being on the other side because the first episodes were all solely about money because I just was trying, like I said, optimize as much as possible. Um, so I was just hyper-focused on like, how did you do it? And what what are the strategies that were most effective for you? And um, trying to really dive into the mechanics of reaching financial independence. Whereas now I'm on the other side of it. And I realized that one, money is the least interesting part of the whole thing. Because there's so much complex stuff that happens after you reach financial independence. Because you're like, you're, you're, faced with like questions like what is life about what is your purpose and like these huge things that I never expected and it's just like oh geez and and you realize that like yeah money is a tool to help you live a life that you want to live but trying to figure out what that is and what makes you most fulfilled and that that sort of thing is a lot more complicated and and in- interesting as well. So, so yeah, I, I, I can see why I probably seem more reflective because I'm always like more taking on board what people are saying and like trying to like figure out how that relates to what I went through and what I'm going through. I love that. No, and it definitely is helping others, believe me. Um, but what are, what have been one of like the most memorable uh, interviews that you've had that you think about like months later, years later, and why was it so memorable to you? Um, so the first one was, remember the first that? one was like the biggest one ever. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. The first one was, in, so that was, uh, yeah, my first interview was Mr. Money Mustache and he was, um, he was, he was huge at the time. Luckily I was so 
naive. I didn't realize how huge he was. I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, there's this guy who's a software developer too. And he achieved financial independence already. So I want to talk to him. So I, he was the first person I asked. And luckily he liked my logo and my name, Matt Fintus. So he agreed. And I think that may have been his first podcast interview too, because this was way back right when he was uh, just starting to get huge. Um, so that was an amazing one. And that, that was, that was incredible just because that led to, um, that, that made me take it seriously. Cause mm-hmm. after that, when I had all the self doubt that you never inevitably have when you're creating something, um, and I'm like, who am I to talk about all this stuff? I don't know anything. And like, it's so easy to want to quit, but I was like, nah, Mr. Money Mustache took a chance on me and he wasted <laughs> wasted 30 minutes of his time to talk to an unknown person like me. So I got to keep going because eventually I have to give him some traffic to, to pay him back for coming on my show. And that, that got me through like so many awful times during the first few years when I just had that, you know, self doubt. So that was huge. Um, the, the huge one for me, like, like I mentioned earlier, um, get rich slowly was the first blog I ever read. So I, I interviewed JD Roth, who was the creator and writer behind that blog. So that was surreal. Cause he was the one that led to this amazing life change in my life. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, was probably uh, Vicky Robin who, um, wrote your money or your life, which is like one of the oldest, one of the older, the Bible. Book, yeah, yeah, the Bible of financial independence. So that was surreal as well. Um, and then yet just yesterday I interviewed uh, James Clear and that was cool because my wife's a huge fan of his and like she doesn't really care about finances, like I said. And so none of my previous guests have really impressed her because she doesn't read any of their stuff. Um, well, she does now, but she didn't before I uh, got them on the show. Um, but she's a huge James Clear fan. And uh, so she was pretty pumped that I, I got to interview him yesterday. So. That is so cool. Like being in a position to host a podcast, if anyone listening might be interested in doing it, like you really do get to connect with amazing, inspiring, and just sparkling people, you know, and I kind of hate to use that word, but it's true. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you really are like the people that you surround yourself with, whether you're in person or not. And so, I mean, I can't imagine what that was like for you to connect with essentially like people who had completely changed your life for the better. Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable. It's uh, even, even now, like JD and I are friends and we've hung out many times over the years, but even still, like whenever I'm just hanging out with them, I'm just like, well, you're JD Roth from Get Your Slowly <laughs> and you like completely changed the trajectory of my whole entire life. So yeah, it's cool. Well, and that's probably really cool for him too. You know, I mean, that's a good feeling to have. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he said that we've actually, um, yeah, there was, uh, we were doing like a round table and we were getting filmed for it and things like that. And I, I just, I just laid it all on the line, just like I did there. And I was just like, it's just so crazy to me. And, and then, yeah, he, he said, uh, made him feel really good. Cause you know, he said he was a fan of my work too, which made me feel good. And then, yeah, it was, it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's crazy when you meet people that have had such a big impact on your life like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in your most recent podcast, you were talking about how your, um, basically your outlook on life has changed. You know, when you first finally achieved after all that hard work, financial independence, you could quit your job. Um, you know, how did the first year change compared to the second year? Like, what did you just take us through what you did the first year that you were finally free from having a boss? And then how did that change in the second year? Yeah, sure. So yeah, they were, they were really quite different, which is surprising. Um, the first year was just a, like a whirlwind, like 
I remember the first day right after I didn't have like my first Monday when I didn't have Mm -hmm. to work, I freaked out even like, even though I'd been writing about it for like five years and thinking about it for six or seven and planning for it. And it, I guess I just talked about it so much that it just became this like abstract concept that wasn't real or wouldn't, it it was just, you know, it just lost all meaning because I talked about it and thought about it so much. So then that first morning, I just like freaked out. I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> um, and then luckily I had lots of side projects to, to take up my time. Cause if I had like, if I had just like went from working to not working and had no plan of what I was going to do after I stopped working, I think that would have been really, really difficult. Um, but luckily I had like mad scientist stuff I could do. Um, so for like the rest of that week, I just like worked like I was normally working, but I just worked on my own stuff, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the first year was just like a lot of trial and error, really trying stuff out, th- seeing what I liked, um, started like going to the gym. Cause that was always something like when I was working, I was like, Oh, I'll get healthy whenever I hit five, which looking back is so stupid. I should have done that way before. Cause it, mm-hmm. there's so many benefits to, you know, being fit and healthy that, uh, it would have made my journey to fire a lot more enjoyable and happier and better. But anyway, so, so that was one thing. And that was, that was another one of those, uh, put up or shut up moments where it's like, okay, I've said this all my life and now here I am. So now I have to actually go to the gym. Um, so I started doing that. Um, I was doing some other, you know, starting on some other side projects and like just hobby stuff. Uh, but I think that first year, I think I was still like in the mode of working Mm -hmm. and it's only been the second year where I sort of feel like I'm in this, I'm getting the hang of it and it's just so good right now. Um, I've realized like how important habits are and in just like having a routine, which if you would have told me five years ago that (laughs) like I'd be so into having a routine and stuff in my completely free life of uh, post-financial independence, I would have said you're crazy because that was the whole thing I'm getting away from. It's like, oh, I could go traveling and every day is different and all that stuff. But now it's just like, no, like when you can design your home life to be whatever you want and you have control over that, it's like, it makes just normal life so good that you don't feel the need to go and escape to some remote place or some beach or, you know what I mean? It's like, so like when I'm home and I'm in my routine, I get to make progress on all the things I'm working on. I get to go to the gym regularly. I get to cook my own food. I feel healthier. I feel better. Um, so the second year is so different in that I've said no to a ton of like really fun opportunities. I've said no to a lot of like mad scientist opportunities that have come in and I'm just like really simplifying my life to this, these core few things that, bring me a lot of enjoyment and it's been so nice. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think the second year I feel like I'm really getting into it and, but it's still changing. Like I said, we, we're very bad at knowing what we like and what makes us happy. So it's constantly evolving, but I feel like I'm closer to the present ideal at least. Absolutely. And I love that you said that too, because it's like, you know, so many people retire after 30 or 40 years of working and they die or they get health issues because, you know, everything was wrapped up into that identity and that routine essentially. So the fact that you're, 
you're seeing that you're already so far ahead of the game. Like, you know, people listening like, yeah, and I'm kind of rambling, but that you didn't need to escape, you know, your regular life. You didn't need to travel all the time. You know, obviously once in a while is beautiful, but like you create such a beautiful life in the here and now where you are that, you know, you're happy and you don't need to run away. Yeah, that's, it's been a huge surprise. Cause yeah, if even like a year before I hit financial independence, I would have said, you know, we're traveling all the time, seeing all these amazing places, mm-hmm. eating great food and, you know, hanging out with friends and family all the time. And, um, yeah, it couldn't be, couldn't be more different these days. Um, we're, we're quite settled in Scotland. Um, we love Edinburgh. We're, just have a nice little routine that's quite simple. And yeah, we still go and do a little bit of traveling, but it's like maybe a day or two here and there for like, just that's the beauty of living in in Scotland. I guess you can just pop over to like Italy or France for a weekend if you want, and then come back. Um, And then we take longer trips to the States to see friends and family. And that's been, yeah, working out great, but it's, yeah, just that normal daily routine. And uh, it's, it's been really, really nice. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not what I expected. Hmm. I love that you just said that. Cause I think too, like people, you know, they're like, Oh, financial independence means freedom. Well, what does freedom mean to you? You know, mm-hmm. like, and once you have it, what are you going to do with it? I think right. so many people don't think that far ahead. No, exactly. And, and I didn't either. I, uh, I knew I'd, like I, I mentioned earlier, I thought I was going to be working on businesses and I was, you know, I was going to be this, do all these implement all these ideas that I had these business ideas, but then when you don't need to earn money, then doing something just for money seems so stupid. Um, so that completely took that off the table. Most of them, some of the ideas I still like because, you know, they'd be fun to, uh, to build and it would, could help people. And that, you know, there's obviously lots of happiness comes from helping other people too. Um, but most of them were just like, Oh, I could make a buck by doing this. And, that just is pointless now. So yeah, everything I thought I would do once I got to the stage, I was wrong about. Um, but luckily you, you can just change and experiment and figure it out uh, as you go. And I'm definitely not there yet, but yeah, I'm getting closer, which is, which is uh, good. So progress, not perfection. I love yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a, that's a great, that's a great quote. Um, yeah, that's, I'm trying to do that in lots of areas of my life. Um, yeah. And that, and that even for financial independence, like if I were to do it again, I would just be perfection from perfection to me was financial independence. And that mm-hmm. was the only thing that I cared about. I just wanted to get to financial independence because that was the top of the mountain. Right. But if I were to do it again, I would start thinking more about, you know, making progress in my relationship with money as it relates to happiness and like sort of life purpose really. So rather than put off everything good and everything I wanted to do and put off my happiness until this financial independence number, I think I would just be like constantly trying to optimize my current life so that I am as happy as possible. I'm making as much progress on things that are important to me as possible while also hopefully saving money and, you know, making progress financially as well. So I like that. I like that phrase a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the biggest takeaway you want our listeners to remember about our talk about putting themselves um, in a position where they don't have to worry about money, where they can start focusing on purpose um, instead of bills? Yeah, it's, it's really, I think it's, yeah, just trying to figure out what you really want out of life. Mm. Um, 
what brings you the most happiness and then aligning your spending with that, um, which is easier said than done. But if you constantly are keeping those things in mind rather than just doing the default and, you know, doing what your peers are doing, um, then I think, you know, you'll, you will be making progress as we just talked about. And eventually you'll be financially independent and hopefully by then you won't even care that much because you've already optimized your life to happiness and purpose and all of that. And, but I think just keeping that stuff in mind rather than just mindlessly spending Mm -hmm. is, is important. And also just realizing like the stuff you buy with money, most of it, that's not really the great stuff in life anyway. Like you, you're obviously have a lot of mothers who are out there listening to your show and like, yeah, you could buy your, kid some super fancy thing but if that super fancy thing is taking you away and making you work extra hours or you know what I mean it's like Mm -hmm. maybe time with you is the thing that they want and need and love most um and even though yeah I'm sure on the surface of it they probably love that big fancy thing that they just got but if that's taking you away from them it maybe it's counterproductive so it's like sort of like, yeah, money is definitely a tool, but it's not the most important thing. And most of the really important things in life don't cost money. And it's just like, yeah, time with friends and family and feeling like you're uh, contributing to society and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's tough. Money is such a complicated topic, but if you're always keeping the real big picture in mind, which is yeah, happiness and, you know, having a life that you find is a life of purpose, then yeah, money is just a tool to help you do the really important, really important things in life. I think. Oh my God. I think you just wrote your abstract to your book. <laughs> oh no, there, there will never be a book. Oh no, <laughs> That is a guarantee. No, I, uh, it takes me so long to write a post. I, I've been doing this for like six years and I have, I don't even know how I have less than a hundred posts on my blog. Cause it takes me so long and I obsess over words so much. So I think, mm. I think a book would kill me, but I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Okay. So I do have some rapid fire questions if you're ready. Yeah. Let's go for okay. it. Financial independence is the best thing money could buy. Mm. I believe in. Oh, geez. These are, yeah, these, these are pretty deep. All right. I believe in you. Um, I know, like I said before, I struggle with self-doubt all the time and I think everyone does. And some people just hide it better than others. So, but some people, I think it cripples them and they just don't do anything. So I believe in you, everyone listening, you can just create something. And since it's coming from you, you're, uh, you, you're completely unique in this world. So it's going to resonate with some people and it may not be a lot, but with the beauty of the internet, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot of people, uh, small, it could be a small percentage and still reach, you know, millions of people. So, so yeah, I believe in you and be creative, create things, creating things is so much better than consuming them. Um, it's harder and trust me, I feel awful a lot of times during most days when I'm trying to create something and it's just not to the standard that I think it could be. And it's still way more fun than just consuming something else that uh, someone else created. I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my family and friends. I just feel like so lucky to have all the people in my life that I do. And it's obviously helped me get to where I am today. And yeah, just 
I think it's amazing what you can do with a, a loving family and good friends. Mm-hmm. And su- success to me is? Living a happy life and hopefully making other people happy in the process, I think. Absolutely. And last one. What's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Money isn't everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, like like I said, we had a we had a couple when I was really deep into saving and scrimping and depriving. Really, uh, yeah, we just had a couple of not fun years, and those years could have been super fun because we were in a beautiful place. We were living in Vermont at the time, and. We had no reason to not be enjoying life, but we definitely weren't. And yeah, so mm-hmm. that's because I thought money was everything. And I thought I'd be happy once I reach financial independence. And I, I am incredibly happy now, but I could have been happy then too. Mm, I love that answer. So if people want to check out your blog or uh, your podcast, how can they find you? Uh, so yeah, it's madfientist.com, which is a, a word I made up. So uh, if you search for uh, M-A-D-F-I-E-N-T-I-S-T.com um, or anything close to that, I'm sure you'll find me. Um, so yeah, that's that's where everything is. So the blog's there, the podcast is there. Like you can, if you're geeky like me and you like spreadsheets and uh, tracking numbers and stuff, you, you can download a sp- spreadsheet there. And there's an app that I built that lets you track your progress to financial independence and things like that. But yeah, everything's at Mad Fientist and anywhere else on the internet, like Facebook and Twitter. I'm, I'm the only Fientist, I think, because I, 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 made, I made that word up. So Nice. Nicely done. I love it. Well, there is so much great info in this talk. Um, I know our listeners are going to get so much out of it, but at the root of it, I think the message that I really got from you was that, you know, finding purpose is what it's really all about. And by seeking financial independence, you can really do that without any kind of distraction and um, just noise. So thank you for that. That was really great. Oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, hopefully meet in person at some point or somewhere in the world, because that's always more fun than Skype. (laughs) Absolutely. Come to Atlanta or I'll come to Scotland. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's too humid in Atlanta. I, I used to, I went to college in North Carolina. So yeah, I, uh, I got rid of that deep south uh, humidity. And yeah, it's, maybe I'll come in winter and say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Brandon. I hope that it inspired you, that it motivated you. I tell you, listening to it again, it motivated me to cut back my spending even more and move towards more financial independence. Because at the end of the day, time really is our most precious resource. You know, that's it. And how we spend our time and who we spend it with is everything. Um, And so I know for me personally, I really want to spend my time wisely and with the people that I love, you know, like my children. Um, So if you enjoyed this episode, please, of course, share it with a friend, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and take a screenshot while you're listening to it and send it up on your Insta stories. And then I'll share it out to to the community and, and write what really spoke to you or what aha moments that you had while you were listening. And we'll share it out. Thanks so much. See you next time.